0: Harness Racing, Victoria Wide, RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Good morning and welcome to Talking Trots, of course, racing at Tabcorp Park Melton this evening, as is usual, for a Saturday night and good enough to join me this morning as per standard. We're getting a bit of a run going at the moment, Blake Redden. Bakes, how are you? Hey, good, Bon, how are you? I'm pretty well, thank you. I'm feeling pretty chipper for a Saturday morning, to be quite honest. Uh... Unlike you. It's true, actually. I can be... uh, I'm more of a night person than a morning person. Most people would know that, but going okay at the moment. Uh, 11 races on the... You just put the hand up. Have you got something special you'd like to add? Oh, I think we have to talk about Chris Alford, don't we? It'd be
1: unfair not to, uh, breaking 400 again this season during the week?
0: We did mention, actually, in the office during the week how uh, w- w- well, we were having multiple sort of conversations in different dimensions about setting standards and how you measured against those standards and the fact that the puppet, there probably hasn't been the required fanfare for what he's achieved again this season because he set such a, an extraordinary standard for himself that we're now in this position where we expect it. That's why you shouldn't do too much at home. You shouldn't do too much <laughs> of the housework and the ironing and the, you know, the, the washing and all the rest of it because what will happen is people will just expect you to do it every single day. But the puppet, that's what he does year in, year out these days, is drive an extraordinary number of winners. And yet again this season, it's not just the big race winners. It's the fact that he's able to punch home um, what's a nice way of saying it? Moderate horses in moderate races to win that prove his um, his
1: dominance, I suppose. Yeah, and um, I'm sure doing it on the horse. Be happy Mac, uh, who he'll be hoping to guide to a Breeders' Crown winner later in the uh, later in the season um, would have been nice to, to get it on a you know a horse who I think is going to be a pretty nice horse going forward. So
0: there's always been a reasonable separation between the very best, in my opinion, and the, and the next lot, and then the next lot in terms of range people in the trots is it getting greater because I reckon Greg Sugars is on track to have his most successful ever season as well. So are the top two, three or four now spacing the rest in a way that they've never done before?
1: Uh, that's a that's a very tough question to answer given personnel changes and, and these sort of things that and flows. So, um, look... As you say, both Greg and Puppet are going to have very dominant seasons and um, others behind them are similarly going to have probably their best seasons ever. So it would, it would appear that way that uh, trainers are realising that using a good driver, a really good driver, is often a, a better way to um, to send your horse around and try and earn some prize money rather than, uh, you know. Doesn't sound that complex, does it? But anyway. No. Uh, we're going to get stuck straight into the form for this 11 race card. Why not? Race one is the DNR Logistics Pace for twenty thousand dollars over the uh seventeen twenty sprint trip, eighty to eighty nine horses and Maestro Bellini draws the pole here, incredibly hard horse to assess, I would have thought. Um, given his win two starts ago and then got swamped last time. Uh, across the front row, you've got Van has gate speed, Vinny Chase can be driven aggressively over a sprint trip and uh then on the back row, Hickstead looking to trail through Maestro Bellini, Laredo Laredo Torpedo and no Apache Me. It looks pretty wide on paper. Did you see it differently?
0: Um, I saw it as a race of probably... we well, you could either just have a couple to win here or you'd include probably one, two, three... I couldn't see it going further than about... Well, you could go as probably six wide if you're like you being very conservative to make sure you're in the early quaddie. I've ultimately settled on ten, eight, one, and six. Now, what can happen sometimes when a horse has been very good to you, as you want them to win again so badly because they've been good to you that you, you know, you get rose-colored glasses on. That may be the case here to some degree for me with No Apache in me, and I know. I, I disagree. Th- I don't think it is like that because I, I, I sort of thought myself that he was the horse to beat potentially. I well, I appreciate that, and I mm-hmm. think it's good because I've had a decent. On him as well, so I want him to win. What I reckon, the first 200 metres is everything here because you've got a situation that, that pops up um, reasonably often in the trots, particularly at metropolitan level. You've got a very fast front line, but it can go one of two very disparate ways. Either all the quick beginners decide to have a dip early or there seems to be, um, not a gentleman's agreement, but almost a feeling as though uh, one horse, the, 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 the quickest horse drawn inside the other two will hold the front so the others don't have a genuine dip. And in this case, Maestro Bellini is fast. Very fast at the start. He's difficult horse to cross. But you've got Van Dander who sort of mixes whether he uses his gate speed or not, or whether Glenn Douglas uses it. You've got Vinny Chase who generally rattles off the arm. Um, nothing else is probably going to get that involved early. Van could roll forward at the start, you'd expect up and Adam will go back from the wide front-line draw. What I'm really hoping for is that Vinny Chase in particular has a genuine dip at Maestro Bellini early because I reckon if they break 28 seconds for the first quarter of the final mile, uh, maybe a sub-seven-second lead time as well, then no Apache Me can just slot into a spot just beyond midfield and come with one big run. I know people will say, the naysayers will point to, oh, well, he's beating claimers at the moment, you know, how does that measure up against this level? But the truth is, last time he raced at Metropolitan level, he defied a, like, you know, M-class level, so to speak. He defied a uh, a very moderate tempo and got over the top of his rivals. So, I'll be mesmerised, flabbergasted if he doesn't run top three, if they go hard early as expected. The other scenario is Maestro Bellini gets gifted an early lead from the pole mark and draw, in which case he becomes a winning hope, but Hickstead is an even bigger winning hope, trailing the leader in transit. And I reckon Vandemar is still going really well. Life won't be easy for him out there, but if he's able to cruise across and occupy the breeze without spending too many petrol tickets, then I wouldn't completely rule him out as a winning hope. The Laredo Torpedo also goes in the Van Dander to some degree, but uh, all chips in here with no Apache, me each way, 10, 8, 1 and 6 the 1st. Race 2 on the card... Goes at 6 pm. The Nyota Bloodstock trot
1: for 70 to 85 grade horses over the middle trip at <coughs> Melton tonight. And uh, AJ Money drawn the front row is going to start probably favoured, I suspect. But Moonshine Linda's is going to be right in that conversation along Armstrong drawn wide. And then off the second row, Pharisee. I know you're uh, giving a little hope to it odds. And Kai Valley Barney, who's in good form at the
0: minute. It's very much a case, as I wrote in the form comment, between professionalism versus outright talent here. And. EG Money's just going really well, has good gate speed, should get across those two to her inside. From there, she can either lead or potentially end up behind the leader. But either way, if you're looking for the safest wager, I don't think EG Money will be favourite, to be honest, but she, she is the safest way to play the race. But you've got a couple of horses here with huge ability. You've always been a rap for Kai Valley Barney. He's racing really well at the moment. He's got to get those quirks out of his game if he wants to win races at this level, probably. But one day, he's just going to turn up and blow a field like this away. Um, Moonshine Lynn is a really interesting horse Sometimes she looks outstanding Other times she looks very disappointing She's not a horse who can do too much work in her races And if she doesn't cross EG Money early uh, I think life becomes harder for her But she goes in the mix purely because when she's on, she's on Illawong Armstrong might just spear across everything here And is used to racing in superior grade He's one of these horses that has been suited clearly by the national rating system, I would have thought. And Pharisee, you've already mentioned. Greg Sugars jumps on. This is what we were discussing earlier. Um, a++ driver jumps in the cart. He's got a load of ability, Pharisee. And if he turned up in his very best form, again, a bit like High Valley Barney, he might just blow these away under the right circumstances. So playing wide through the second leg of the early quaddy numbers 3, 10, 5 and 7.
1: Race 3 tonight, 6.33pm is the high gain trot again for the same grade trotters over the 2240 Good to see the Racing Office split a Metropolitan uh, Trot race, and they've done that with a couple of races tonight. So good, uh, good work there and gives all horses an opportunity. This one is even ballparked on the pole. Nita Bacardi in two. Ten Spanners is going quite well in four. Uh, Kai Valley Finn, one of the class runners. Gaston girls improving all the time. More spirit.
0: Father Christmas. Uh, how did you see it? Uh, really tricky race. What you do know is Nita Bacardi will be leading. You would imagine uh, Father Christmas, the way he's racing at the moment, will probably make a, a mid race move and try and outstay these. No chance. Ballpark tries to hold up. Uh, he might. Nita Bacardi will just cross him. Okay. Um, for speed. So, ballpark behind the leader. War Spirit probably has to follow through along the pegs. I've gone with two horses that have clearly caught the eye of recent times in Ten Spanners and Garst and Gill. You go back to last Sunday, the matchmaker mile. Ten Spanners, in my opinion, would have won the race, if not for galloping late, and Garst and Gill rattled home. And both horses were impressive at their previous runs as well so you 're going to get a, uh, i you 're going to get a little price bet, both particularly Garst and girl i 'd nearly bundle bet the two and just say that 's how I want to play the race uh, four over seven for me i 've thrown in five ki Valley Finn for third group one winner three starts back he 's a nice horse when he gets things his way he 's um, you know he, he 's a really good trotter, but if he doesn 't get things his way, he can be left behind as well and Father Christmas goes in for fourth he 's another one a little bit like Illong Armstrong, I think he's been extremely well suited by the new national rating system. This is a horse who's raced at the absolute top level through the Inter Dominion series, turns up here in a seventy to eighty five rated race. Uh, and he's actually going relatively well against really good opposition of recent times, so he might just be able to cruise up to the breeze and crush these, who knows, but I'm just going to stick with the two mares who I reckon are uh, are having sea changes in their careers, but both racing really well, and they are 10 Spanners and Garst and girl numbers in the third, seven, five, and 10.
1: Race four is the first of our group threes on the card, the Alderbaran Park Melton Trotters free-for-all over the middle trip, as it probably uh, you would expect is for the free-for-all Trotters, and... um, Tornado Valley was most impressive. Uh, look, in in some ways, had things put on for him at Maryborough, but still went straight past them like the good horse he is and draws the front row here. Can anything beat him?
0: No, he was looking. He looked like he was in a different world to the first up from a break. Broke the track record
1: as you mentioned. Well, he was chewing the bit and he was uh, he was flopping his ears, ears around. Ears and... around.
0: Uh, <laughs> as you mentioned with Andy uh, on Gates, but on Monday, I think I got some buy-in. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was <laughs> excellent radio. Uh, I. Um, you, you, know, you can say he had favours there, but he didn't have the front line draw. And we know how quick he is. I honestly think if Kate Gath wants to wind him up, he'll just cross Big Jack Hammer. And if he's in front, I mean, you could you can you can go and you know you can go and make yourself a cup of tea. Go, Very yeah. quick beginner from out wide as well, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. he gathers momentum. And I just think Big Jack Hammer. Sure, I would think the Kemper Freddie will look at the situation and think, you know, we're pretty quick. We can definitely run second here, and we're a little chance of betting Tornado Valley from behind the leader. Tiny. If he over races or whatever, but he can't hold Tornado Valley wide and beat him, no way in the world. So uh, Tornado Valley is a certainty. I've had the lot on the lot on Tornado Valley about dollar seventy. I think he's around dollar thirty, dollar forty everywhere at the moment. Big Jack had a clear second pick, and I do hope he ends up behind the lady because it becomes a great exotic betting race. If that's the case, uh, then you go the other class established runners that we saw go around last week in. Kai Valley Blur and Save Our Penny will improve sharply, I think you know, he was just cast into a, a horribly difficult role last weekend at Maryborough, and then cruising around and Delta Sun are both worth throwing in your exotics as well here. Maldi Law's an interesting runner. I'm I'm very much juries out with him at the moment. Seven, four, six, and 5 in the trotters free-for-all. Race 5 on the card at Melton. We're
1: up to the first leg of the Quaddy for our preview here on Talking Trots and uh, this is uh, an interesting race. The Pridmore Electrics pace over the uh, 2240 for the 90 to 105 rated paces and Uh, Maritai, he's improved first to second run and is surely going to get better again, but he he draws a tricky race here with Ward and the Black Prince both on the front row, both with Gate Speed and also Mike, here mate, off the second row
0: returns from a break, thoughts? Uh, As Paul Ruse would say, let's be really clear, let's be really clear about, this is the race of the night, now it's not the richest race in the program, but it is the race of the night. I've gone 5, 3, 4 and 7, I can make an argument for a number of these. I'm going with Maritai on top, I'm relying on Darby McGuigan, who I um, I guess I mentioned on Twitter last week after his driving on Rock and Roll Eyes, but it wasn't just that driver. I mean, he's one of the best young drivers I've seen in the last decade. Really? Because you had him, uh, well, probably second or
1: third when we were doing this maybe six weeks ago. Uh, the best drivers under 25. Yeah, I would
0: still say, I would say Zach Phillips and he are the, uh, okay. like, Zach Phillips is the is the benchmark for those drivers, for those young drivers. But you know, Darby would be, and I actually think he's form over the last, few months has been unbelievably good as well, he just gets better and better they run for him, he, he's very good tactically it's funny when you speak to him before race sometimes you think to yourself he he seems maybe he's just zoning but he's like he, he can seem a little nervy like a, like a driver who is in two or three minds about what he wants to do but he seems to go out there and just press buttons like he's playing PS4 sometimes it's quite uh, it's, 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 Fortnite, it, he, he, he's just in tune with it, he's like you know, he's like one of those footy players that just goes out there and seems to be able to find space and know where the ball is and read the play. So I've got Maritai on top here. Look, I reckon Audi here, if Kema wants to, wants to will just go <laughs> straight across the field and find the front. Woodham will be kicking up well enough, though, to eventually get the lead. It's possible Woodham will just work to the front outright, but if not, I think he'll ultimately get to the lead Code Black, I reckon, will be playing the uh, the aggressive game here and moving up outside the leader. Maritai, I reckon... Maritai's a quicker beginner for mine than the Black Prince. So I reckon he gets that tactical advantage and moves into the 1-1. So I reckon he's going to get a beautiful run here, Maritai. And he's the one to beat. He was gifted a great drive by Derby last time. He'll need another really good drive, but I think he'll win the race. Here are the dangers, though. Warden's going to be hard to run past. He was at least as good as Maritai last weekend. He's the kind of horse that can sometimes lose races where you think he should win, and if he's in front here, he's almost entitled to win the race. But, um... He's going well, and if he's in front, very hard to beat, particularly if they disrespect him in in the lead. Uh, for third, uh, third, the Black Prince, who's a, you know, got a dramatic turn of speed, um, comes down here from New South Wales and has run some magnificent races in uh, excellent company. Code Black was a great winner, first up from a break for new trainer Emma Stewart, or new trainers Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. The last up performance at Menanga was also... Good without quite getting the chocolates. Beaten on, um, on Len Smith Mile Day by Lurham Creek. And then uh, I've thrown in also my Kiwi mate, though. Did go back through his first up runs, and he hasn't actually struck a blow at his last three fresh runs. Now, people don't talk about that in harness racing very much, but. Uh, he has been trolling well against inferior opposition uh, my kiwi mate, so if you want to be conservative in your quarters give him a Guernsey as well. Five, three, four and
1: seven. The second of our group threes goes at eight PM. It's race six on the card, the Alabar Vic Bred Championship Final, obviously a heat into final affair. We have some pretty strong form lines here. Nostra Villa's made it two on the bounce after going through that Vic Bred Super Series first up uh off a long break. Three summers draws the second row with T C B McRae and Rock and Roll
0: Eyes. She has an advantage at the barrier draw. Does that get her across the line? Well, it helps a hell of a lot, and I'll tell you why. Not only because she's the only one of the A graders, so to speak, off the uh, front row, but there's no gate speed here. Guilty Hanover is the only other one with gate speed, so and Guilty Hanover will hand over to Nostra Villa. So Nostra Villa is 98.9% likely to find the front, probably more, and once she get, well, no, virtually 100 actually, and once she gets there. The only thing that can upset her is if, I reckon, if David McGuigan follows through, because he follows through behind Nostravilla, if he just says, the only way I can win is just by brutalising the mare and just going merciless times outside the leader, then Nostravilla is vulnerable. But she went 55 and change and did it under her own steam last weekend. She's only going to get better and better and better. She hasn't had that many runs back from a very long break. She's entitled to be a very short-priced favourite. I've got her on top, and there's only three horses you'd be including in a saver quad here. 11-3 Summers, who would be the ultimate beneficiary for mine if Rock and Roll Eyes did turn this into a merciless staying contest. Rock and Roll Eyes himself, who might have just gone to a complete another level here, and of course being paired with David McGuigan hasn't hurt. And TCB McRae. If everything went perfectly to plan and say, Rock and Roll Eyes is brutalising outside the leader. Three summers is the first appeal. Three wide and TCB McRae gets to cruise into it because he he does it everything very easily until he's popped the question towards the end of his races because we know he's had those breathing problems over a long period of time. Uh, if he can just hit the hit the front at the right time. Uh, he can still win the race. So there's three other horses who can win it, but Nostraville almost certainly will. 4, 11, 10 and 13 in the Vic Bread Championship final. You're turning this into D- Darby McGuigan half an hour. He <laughs> race seven on
1: the card is the Melton Toyota pace over the sprint trip uh, for the 80 to 89 grade paces. And, uh, well, guess who's driving the favourite here? Darby McGuigan. And he win
0: again. Uh, <laughs> well, he should. He should. Rock and roll icon's better than these, isn't he? By a margin. Yeah. By a margin. Uh 1,720, maybe not ideal. Gate 8, certainly not ideal. But I reckon he, just, he takes luck out of the equation. I know Shelby Bromax, your likely leader. But 1, 2, 3, and 4 all get out relatively well off the front line here. So does Rock and Roll Icon like chance his arm um, and so I'm just going to follow through? You wouldn't have thought so. He's a monster. He's powerful. Let them all have a little go at each other at the start, which they might. And then Rock and Roll Icon like just gets off the fence, launches an assault. And you've seen Emma Stewart horses do this a lot particularly in recent weeks, just launch an assault three wide from 700 out, cruise up, go straight past them and just win. And I reckon that's exactly what will
1: happen here. Well, he might be able to hustle through from that second row and sort of angle out while going forward early with, if
0: Beach Boy Adios isn't in the fight, obviously. and um, if Potentially. They're all, yeah, Potentially. um <clears throat> I thought our Jimmy might have been the, the major threat here. Disappointed, it has to be said, uh, last time out when probably... Entitled to win, but uh, was it was yeah, actually, it wasn't terrible running. Run. Was, the, the start and... prior to that, uh, actually put the leader to bed on that occasion, I reckon, and was just pinged by a Nugget Man, uh, n- Nugget Pan. Uh, <laughs> goes through here, and I reckon this, if Rock and Rollicon gets off the inside, our Jimmy might just drop in behind the leader. And yeah. from there, I reckon our Jimmy will probably beat Shelby Bromack. Shelby Bromack, I had a big opinion of, I thought it was going places, but this has been a just a, just a campaign for him so far. He leads here probably, but he just seems like the kind of horse, a good horse will beat him at the moment. And I've thrown him for fourth, Diamond Days, He was one of my favourites years and years ago. And, look, John has done a terrific job to get him back to the races, and he's actually racing with plenty of there. So, too, is short his mate, but they are sit sprinters. Eight, two, one, and ten, eight, and Ian moral in the seventh. We can probably rip
1: through the last leg of the quaddie race, nine on the card over the sprint trip. Raptors flight leads and wins. Do we need to
0: play savers in the quaddie or no? Um... Maybe, small, but Raptors Flight should be winning. B major threats the class runner outside Raptors Flight. Raptors Flight is stepping up in grade here, but he went sub 153 for the short course last start, so he should be winning again. Jean-Luc is a much better horse when he's on the pegs and following speed. He gets that opportunity here, and outside of them, you know, you're actually horses like Illawong Maestro, Regal Cheval, Duke Jujon, uh, he, he wins Raptors Flight at a short quote. Yeah, 1, 9, 8, and 5.
1: Race 9 on the card is the claimer. No Apache Me. Where is he? He's not here. He's in race 1 on the card, so it's left it open for others. And this is wide with Might Be Luck, Crazy Dave, Kathy Sun, all the Tasmanians, Freddie Funk,
0: Joe Dan. How'd you see it? Hopefully, No Apache Me's got a gold medal dangling around his neck. Familiar in the night. 5, 4, 10 and 2. I've gone with Kathy Sun on top. I think we're in. Uh, concurrence here in synchronicity with this with Cathy son being the best betting proposition over Crazy Dave who might be able to find the front here. He's the one with third behind hard Jeet and Raleigh Major last start in Tasmania, which looks like amazing form for a claimer and then you've got Might Be Luck. But with all those Taswegian runners I'd be following markets here and just um, being a little bit careful and conservative. Five, four, ten and two in the claimer.
1: Race ten, join the VHRSC Vic Bred Trot, I think it might be the VHRC now, is it? Change of name, potentially. Race, uh, race 10 on the card at 10pm. Breaking news. Over the 17.20. Don't hold me to that, but just my thoughts that it could be the case. And again, we've got a pretty even race for the uh, penultimate on the card. Uh, Zunian, most interesting runner now with Andy Gath. and I think he was last preparation as well, to be honest, and maybe a little bit before that. But um, if he puts it all
0: together, he'd probably blow them away. He probably would. I've thrown him in for 30s trial really well in preparation for his return to the race. His birthday suit's just a horse who's ticking along nicely. I like the way he's going. Last start winner. I'm happy to have him on top. I know that Ryan Duffy thought that Fliggin and Winger could uh, run a race in the Vic bred Super Series final. So it goes in the mix, along with Zuni, who we've already mentioned. A nephew of Soneko, the three-year-old, has had a really good preparation as well. Even Fields of Guy Valley's got ability here. Uh, pretty majestic. Yeah, it's a very difficult race as the penultimate on the program here. If you just get it back one horse each way, they would suggest it be birthday suit, ten, 3, 6 and 9 on the 10th. The last does not get any easier. The two-year-old uh, Woodland
1: stud pace over the sprint trip, 10.32pm. Uh, Prada Sun, I guess, on debut was very good, uh, but Premonition returns from a break. It's Beaujolais, interesting run of cloud. Look for
0: Gavin Lang. How did you see the last? Probably only three can win in the market. And might just tell us the Prada Sun's a winner. Fifth, about... 15 metres away from Be Happy Mac in the Tatlow. This is a big drop in grade from that for Prada Sun, as you mentioned. Good winner, despite the time not being spectacular. On debut, I've got got it on top here, Prada Sun. Premadition, though, has shown plenty. He's first up from a break. Trial well. um, Young can get him going. Yep, no doubt about that. It's Beaujolais, you've already mentioned. Beautifully bred out of life in the fast lane, who was a terrific mare. And uh, has also trialed well. I've got a funny feeling they just might end up in single file here virtually though and, and if Prada able to work its way to the front it's shown really good gates bet at its first two starts that might be the critical factor here but um it's a difficult race and once again markets will uh, will be a significant guide particularly if there's one-way traffic for the favorite six four five and three to finish us off all right we've uh, we've got through all 11 races firstly what's your best on the card uh I would say from a better than two dollar betting proposition you haven't got a whole hell of a lot to work with. I'd suggest probably, uh, well, definitely. No Apache Me. Yeah. I still think the price you're getting now is good enough. Even You just have to put it to one side. The fact that you've missed top Fluck there, I think it's uh, it's the one to be. Cathy's son, I reckon, is going to come up an okay price. Ten spanners might be worth a bet in the third, but it's one of those races I think playing exotics and probably working through quarties might be the best way to go. And if you want to really launch into one, it, it, it probably still has to be Tornado Valley. He can run through all your multis for the weekend. You, Bakes? Uh,
1: no, no strong opinion uh, tonight. I'm happy to sit back and enjoy the action. I do like No Apache Me as well, and, and I've tipped into Pharisee as well, so you've, uh, you've tipped me into a couple there, but uh, we do have a couple of minutes left. Before we go, tell us a little bit about what you've thought about the Vic Bread Super Series so far unfolding in front of our eyes. Of course, the three-year-olds last night, the boys, but um, what did you make of Princess Tiffany getting beaten a couple of nights ago?
0: Um, well, I can tell you who won all the Vic Bread Super Series, if you like, but we'll talk about the Breeders' Crown instead. Sorry, Breeders' um, Crown. Uh well, you were, obviously. I think the, this, you, you've set this up as a platform for yourself. With, no, uh, no. Pacific, no. I've Pacific asked you Air about the two-year-old fillies. Pacifico <laughs> Dream. Uh, uh, you've asked me about three-year-old fillies. And, right, look, uh, Sorry, three-year-old fillies. Uh Our Princess Tiffany, I just don't know what to make of it. We're, gonna, we're probably going to have to chase Mark Purden up throughout the course of the weekend and make sure that everything's okay because she'll she'll come back. I mean... Is there going to be a little bit of an? I know there'll be some naysayers about the, about heat racing because if she turns up and smashes a semi final and final, I think everyone will be wondering exactly what went on at heat level. But there is a possibility that after a very very hard season, she just might be feeling things. So, I mean, I declared her. I think I, I've got some egg on my face at the moment potentially because I think I declared her at a dollar forty for the final. <laughs> as just the best possible thing you yeah. can ever have. What? Well, and I, I've got no doubt in the world she's yeah. Uh, like a whole stack better than anything she takes on here in the series. But there were concerns. Um, uh, there were certainly concerns on Thursday night. Very quickly before we
1: go, what did you make of the two-year-old boys, uh, Be Happy Mac and Pacifico yeah, Dream? Yeah, well,
0: I still think Be Happy Mac's probably the one to beat
1: in the series. Yeah, but I do.
0: I'd, 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 I still think there's a little bit of water to go under the bridge. I like the way that Perfect Stride finished off behind uh, your new favourite Pacifico Dream. What's, what, what, what's Pacifico Dream paying now and what did you get, Bakes? <laughs> Come on.
1: No, well, he's, he's currently a $5 chance, which is still over. So I think in different places he might be a bit shorter. And uh, I, I took $21 just as they hit the line. Well, that's, uh, that's what you
0: get for following the trots as closely as you do, <laughs> Bakes. Uh, really appreciate your company this morning. Great racing at Tabcorp Park tonight, and the Breeders' Crown will continue next weekend. As we wind up towards that, we'll be back with Gareth Hall on Monday. But for now, enjoy the rest of the morning on RSN 927. I'll be back to join you with Race Day morning pretty soon.